The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash FutureInvestor slash radio. Let's get to our guest, Michael Landsberg, CIO at Landsberg Bennett Private Wealth Management. Michael, everyone knows the market was oversold and that sentiment got extremely negative, so a, a bounce was thought maybe likely. Um, the debate, of course, here will rage whether or not uh, the bounce is a bear market rally or whether or not it has staying power. Now, the, the people who think that it has staying power are, are thinking about aspects like what happened in the UK, some considerations about financial system instability, and still thinking about a Fed pivot. Seeing in your notes, I don't think you buy it. I don't. I, I look at, specifically, you mentioned Europe. I, I think the fact that they don't seem to know what they're doing in the UK is not a real reason to go in there and start buying. Um, inflation over there is uh, out of control, worse than it is here. And they're coming into a winter where a lot of those countries can't get their own uh, energy. Just have to look at what's happened to uh, natural gas year over year. It's up 150% in Germany. Electricity is up over 300% in Germany. I would stay away from Europe uh, you know, with a 10-foot pole at this point. Uh, and, and in fact, actually, we've been shorting Europe. And that's been one of our better positions all year. So the adage of uh, be fearful when others are greedy and vice versa doesn't apply here then? I think it's a matter of we're looking at the data and the data doesn't really tell me that, you know, that people are that fearful. I looked actually have, haven't seen the data yet uh, for tomorrow, but a week ago, uh, people were still net long uh, NASDAQ futures in the United States and there's short volatility means they think uh, NASDAQ is cheap and volatility is expensive. And I think that's the opposite way. When people are fearful, as we saw, let's say back in the COVID times, you saw NASDAQ futures that were amazingly bearish. Everybody was, was short those. You still got people that are net long those. So I am a, 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 in favor of buying when, when people are fearful. I just don't think people are fearful. I think they tell you they're fearful. But when I look at actually the data, what people own, the street was still long NASDAQ. Well, when you look at the when you, when you see what happened in the bond market, and when you see you know stocks down twenty five percent year to date, uh, you could argue that a lot of this w was built in, and there was a lot of negativity. I mean, I think many would agree with you that financial system instability can't be a good thing. It certainly can't be something that would you know prompt people to buy. But maybe inflation coming down, the fact that shipping costs are down, rents are down, prices on houses are down, maybe the weight of the argument is the Fed will shift at some point soon. You'd hope that. My fear with the Fed has been they probably should have raised last year. And actually, just fun, I went back and looked at what they told me a year ago in the Fed notes. Inflation was around 4%. They told us this year, this time, we'd be at 2.2. It's in the eights. So not only did they get it wrong, they got the direction wrong. So my fear is they're going to continue you know, using history as a guide. They're going to continue to raise rates, try to yeah. get the Fed funds rate above inflation. And that means they're going to raise a lot longer than people think. Uh, Michael, is there anything out there that uh, is 
really not being properly considered at the moment and something people are overlooking, which could either be a, a, a tailwind or even a headwind? I think most investors, at least on the retail side, seem to only think you can be long assets. And I think one of the ways to play a very volatile market that we've had globally is, is to look at having, you know, working some of the short sides, you know, being able to look at something and say, I'm going to be long uh, this part of the world, I'm going to be short this part of the world. Um, you know, so for example, you know, in, in the U.S., obviously we've been we've been short high yield bonds. We think that's an attractive way to lower risk in a rising rate environment. We think if recession continues to be kind of the name of the game, lower quality companies are going to have some problems. I mentioned our, our, our short positions in Europe, but I think you could look at high quality companies in the U.S., for example, in healthcare. And if you want to, you know, kind of lessen the risk, is is you along some of those asset classes, and then short maybe the index at large. I think again most individual investors and even some institutions don't really look at a risk mitigation process. I think they think yeah. it's going to be long, always risk, always. And this is just not the time to do that. Right. So rather than just hedge, you'd be aggressively uh, short. Uh, I think for those um, bears turning bulls, um, something to think about is earnings. Because even if you think that the Fed will pause in December, and it's reasonable, if they do 50-50, they're at 4, 4% plus and might be a time to pause. But the hikes already in the system will will definitely retard uh, U.S. growth over the next um, year, one would think, and thus earnings as well. So uh, are you expecting earnings to be a big disappointment? I think they have to be. I mean, I just, just look at where we are. Margins are at pretty much all-time highs. You're starting to see excess inventory everywhere in the system, you know, lessening demand. Uh, the consumer in the U.S. in particular is not in great shape. I've heard that a lot, but I see uh, savings rates plummeting, credit card debt skyrocketing. And you've got a strong dollar. So I don't know how, you know, and obviously the comps, you know, we hit basically the all-time high of the market, you know, the economy last fall. So I got to think these are, are going to be particularly good when they're reported. I think they've done a really good job of, of managing expectations. A lot of companies are very good at that. But the numbers are the numbers, and I can't imagine them being real strong. Yeah, I mean, but it's going to be by industry group as well, and that'll tell you a lot about whether people's, um, you know, thesis about free cash flow and value versus growth is bearing fruit. Yeah, absolutely. I, when it gets back, at, at the end of the day, you really got to look at the companies that can deliver in this type of environment are going to get rewarded. The companies that cannot are going to get really pounded. And, and I think sometimes people get anchored on valuation. I look at some of the tech names and people will say, well, they're down 50% from where they were last November. We got to buy them. And I'll look and say, yeah, but they're still up two or three times where they were two and a half years ago. That's not really a valuation call. I still think some of these stocks have gotten on the tech side way ahead of themselves. So I think tech still scares me because some of those numbers still can come down because they're not, they're not growing at where they were. The E's not going to be there. Yeah. So I think you're well, right. Some and they were expensive in the first trapped. place. Yeah, sure, sure. But, you know, for people that are looking at sort of hiding out uh, in the storm, uh, corporate bonds might might be uh, a place to look, uh, particularly investment grade. And, you know, even these big tech companies, I mean, they're 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 in the market borrowing. Uh, Would you agree that that is a viable space, particularly if you can find companies that have more cash on the balance sheet than debt? Yeah, again, I think it's going to be company specific. I think for the last couple of years, you pretty much could have bought anything and it went up. And I think now what's really happened is you've got to really look at balance sheets. You've got to really look at what people have. And oftentimes there's been an environment, we haven't seen this in a while, 
where, where short-term treasury is a good, for, good place to be. I mean, we've been buying some CDs for clients. You know, I can get you know one you know a, a one-year CD at four percent. That's not a bad place to, to, to hang out either. So, um, again, I think that the dollar is a place that we we like. We continue to like it. We look at the dollar as as a place that more money will flow to. We think that continues to do well. But I think short-term treasury is a good place to go when you can get you know four percent is a pretty good good spot without credit risk. Yep, at 4% of the uh, short end as well. Thank you very much indeed uh, for that. That was uh, Michael Landsberg, CIO at Landsberg Bennett Private Wealth Management. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.